Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me as always from Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of Thermodynamic Limit Immersion, my co-host and brother, The Beege. Hey, Billy. What up tonight? Well, you know, we record this a couple days before it comes out, so it is Halloween night. Um, we are the cool house in our neighborhood. We get the full-size candy bars. Mm-hmm. We had – you saw all those candy bars we had? No, I didn't when I was over there. Well, but you saw them all, right? All the boxes? No. Oh. No, well, I didn't. Well, we had like five boxes of like assorted stuff. So I think we mm-hmm. had 136, 100 and something. Total bars? Yeah. I had to go buy more. I was going to say, I don't know if you'd have enough. Did you have a lot of Jess's uh, uh, kids? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did. So we had a ton of people came by. It was great. Cool. Well, I, I had to work today like six or seven hours. And um, by the time I got home, I think it was kind of done. And then the other thing is, you know, I live out here in rural America. Not yeah. a whole lot of trick-or-treaters, if any. Do they do trick-or-treating at the mall? Uh, no, no, no. Well, kind of. There were some of the stores had it, but it wasn't really promoted. They kind of killed it off last year because of COVID. And I don't think they really promoted any kind of program this year. Yeah. So well, there, we were, there was a few people, but nothing nothing grandiose. We were running out of candy bars so bad that I ran out to buy more. There, mm-hmm. there wasn't anything. Really? Gone. Yeah. That's crazy. I bought a thing of like uh, Christmas candy stuff. Really? There's that's how desperate you were. Yeah, there was nothing. You're like you're like handing out candy canes and crap? Uh, actually, I found it was a giant three-foot-long box of Twix. Oh, okay. It was a yard of full-size Twix bars. Oh, that's a good deal. So there's all these you know, packages of Twix in it, full-size Twix. I came back with that and just was like, what? And I'm like, there wasn't even any fun-size bags, nothing. <laughs> and I went to Walmart and Safeway. And you don't Nothing. have a Freddy's in town, do you? No. We have Walmart, oh, yeah. Safeway. We have a grocery outlet bargain market. But you never mm-hmm. know what you're going to get there. Yeah. Because it just changes all the time. And then we have like a Dollar Tree, I guess. I mean, that was going to be my next thing if I couldn't find anything. Because like even at Walmart, they had no bags of like fun size. It was like, you know, bulk bags of M&Ms. Mm. And I'm like, how? I can't hand those out, you know. Here's a, here's a little cup of M&Ms and a... In a little plastic baggie, that doesn't look sketch at all. Um, so I was about I'm like, well, I guess I can go to Dollar Tree and buy 20 candy bars. <laughs> you know, throw that in there. I hear the Dollar Tree can't even hold it to a dollar anymore. Nope, they're trying, starting to change the price on stuff. Sucks Our, when you name things. Sucks, sucks when you name things that you can't keep. Yeah. You know, I'm I, I'm struggling with that right now because one of my twin pines got diseased and looks like it's going to die. Yeah. And so gonna have to cut it down and i don't want to be calling the lone pine wall or lone pine uh, are you gonna take both pines down i'm gonna have to can then plant two new ones because i just don't want to go through the rebranding efforts yeah well and when so when you need to make sure you take pictures before and and after and put in like in a memorial yeah you know and then then have some sarah mclaughlin music playing behind it I will remember you in the eyes of an angel. (laughs) One lone tear rolling down your cheek. Like the Indian, you know, from that, from that commercial. 70s commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Littering. (laughs) So, you know, you talk about that, um, the name and stuff. So 
I was randomly looking at some social media post this week about forgotten Hillsboro where we grew up. Uh-huh. And they were talking about a store. I can't remember where it was, but it was the 88 cent store. And I'm uh, like, that wow, that's crazy. oddly specific. Yeah, it must have been back in like the <laughs> 70s or something like that. I'm like, that's an oddly specific price. Like a dollar, that makes sense, right? It's a buck. Yeah, yeah. It's kind you of know? it works out. But 88 cent like, store. Must have been like a 90 cent store when he's like, no, I'll do 88. I'm going to get him. Like, get him by two pennies. Yeah, it's like it's like eight minute abs. I'll do it in seven, man. <laughs> All right. Well, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to talk Beaver Sports tailgating and anything else we find fun every week. Remember, if you'd like to listen to us, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, and any other podcatcher you have out there. Uh, if there's something we're not on, let me know. I'll try to get us on it. Want to get in touch with us? Heinrich Tailgater at gmail.com, at Heinrich Tailgater on Twitter, and Heinrich Tailgater on Facebook. And Beej. Did we get a did we get an email? We got an email this week. Sweet. So it's no longer our listener. We've got we've got several now. I wonder if we're ever gonna get to double digits. That'll be exciting. Yeah. So this digits. is from Chris Sullivan, who I think we might have gotten an email from before. Okay. I don't know. I, I forget. But it says, here you go, guys, come on, A1 and salmon ravioli, Beach. no red-blooded American male would order salmon ravioli. <laughs> God, I'm sorry. I agree with him there. He goes on, and if you put A1 on your steak, you're buying the wrong meat. Love the podcast, guys. Go Beeves. I will say, we're not buying the wrong meat. I buy great meat. Beach likes the crap cooked out of his steak. I do. You know, I, I view steak as an A1 intake device, just like I view sausage as a mustard intake device, just as I view French fries as a cheese sauce or ranch sauce intake device. I take no ownership of Beej's like for well-done steaks. It, it hurts my soul when I have to do I, it for him. Yeah, I don't, I don't like – I don't want to think of it as cow. I want to think of it as meat. I, I like kind my steaks there. medium rare. Jess likes her steaks medium rare. Gun likes his steaks, medium rare. Peyton doesn't like steak. Peyton's not a steak fan, but he likes his uh, burgers medium. So, okay. Okay. If he was to eat a steak, he'd order it medium. Not like you, well done. That just it hurts my soul. I, I usually do medium well. Still, you get the well in there. That's just, that hurts I, me. Yeah. It's my life. You know, at least I don't put ketchup on it like Donald Trump does. That, that kind of grosses me out. Ketchup on anything grosses me out. Yeah, it's true. So anyways, thanks, uh, Chris, for the email. We appreciate it. Anyone else, send and them for in. Listening. Yeah, anyone else, send them in. We, we appreciate the heck out of it. All <clears> right, Beej, you ready to talk a little bit of Beaver Sports News? Yes. We're starting off with women's volleyball. I was just going to say, but can we skip women's volleyball? Just no, please. We still need to talk I, about I, it. I, I, didn't, I didn't bring the tissues. Well, Beej, the Oregon State volleyball team dropped the home decision Friday night to Pac-12 flow Colorado. But not before senior Grace Macy became the Beaver all-times dig record holder. Prior to the match, she needed 12 to surpass the previous record of 2029 that was set by Becky Defoe in 2013, and she got 16 on the night. Now, I, I don't mean – I'm not a volleyball aficionado here, but if you're doing a lot of digs, that means you're scrambling to get crap off the ground, which means you're not playing offense. You're playing a lot of defense, Well, right? but the but the way – the way 
volleyball is played, there's gonna you're gonna have to do some digs. But if you're doing a lot of digs, maybe there's other problems in your team. Not necessarily. Okay. Oh. Because you're not gonna you're not gonna ace the serve every time. No, but I would like to think that you're you would rather have somebody record breaking the spikes as opposed to uh Well, of course. Of course, but still it it's still a needed part of the game. Okay. All right. Congratulations to her. Yep, Vin Beach, um on Halloween Day, the volleyball team lost to number 19 ranked Utah in a hard-fought 3 to 1 match at Gill. The Beavers fall to 3 and 19 overall, 1 and 11 in the Pac-12. Uh, they will return to the road this upcoming weekend, traveling to Cal on Friday at 7 p.m. before finishing up at number 15 Stanford on Sunday at noon. Both matches will be live streamed via the home team institutions. So if you'd like to watch the game, you'll have to watch the Cal or the Stanford live stream. Okay. I I hate Cal. Why? Okay. Okay. Bunch of bunch of hippies. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, a little bit of women's soccer. Okay. All right. Well, Beach, the Oregon State women's soccer team fell to Washington in Corvallis on Thursday, two to one, suffering Son its, of a bitch. Suffering its second loss at home during the twenty twenty one campaign. Disappointing. And then on Sunday, they lost to number or they lost to Washington State three to two in overtime. Well, at least they at least they didn't tie in overtime. Yep, the Beavs are now eleven and seven overall, three and seven in the Pac-12. And uh, next up for them will be the rivalry series, formerly known as the Civil War, against Oregon at seven p.m. on November fifth. The game will be broadcast on the Pac-12 networks. Hmm. I always love the rivalry game, formerly known as Civil War. It's one of my favorites. Yep. They haven't come up with a name for it, and I don't care when they do. I will still always call it formerly known as the Civil War. Mm-hmm. All right, Beach. Men, men's soccer. Okay. The number three ranked Oregon State men's soccer team shut out Stanford one to nothing, notching their sixth shutout of the season at home on Thursday. Nice. So what's our record? Earlier this season, the Bees had tied Stanford two to two on the road. Okay. Then on Sunday, Beach. They uh, pitched a shutout of Cal two to nothing for their second shutout in a row and seventh of the season. Nice. Yep, that game was played in Corvallis again. That moves the Beavs to 11, one and two overall, six zero and one in the Pac-12. And earlier this season, the Beavs had edged past uh, Cal one nothing in Berkeley. So the Beavs. I'm hit- just impressed with. I'm just impressed with their their efforts this year. Oh, they're doing great. Um, the Maybe- Beavs. The Bees will hit the road to take on San Diego State on November 4th at 7 in San Diego before visiting L.A. to clash with UCLA on the 7th at 1. Both of those matches will be broadcasted on the Pac-12 networks. Okay. And that's one of those where San Diego State competes in the Pac-12 for soccer. Gotcha. Because UCLA doesn't have a men's soccer team. I mean, uh, USC doesn't have a men's soccer team. You'd think they would. Well, you know, they got budget cuts and everything. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the only schools, I mean, the only school that pretty much fields every freaking team is like Stanford. Really? I think Stanford pretty much uh, suits up a team for every every NCAA sport. Hmm. Yeah, they're impressive. 
and maybe UCLA, but I know USC doesn't. So they only, they only right. pick the profitable ones. Yep. All right. Uh, a little bit of uh, women's cross country news. The uh, women's cross country team finished sixth in the team standings with 156 points at the Pac-12 championships hosted by Utah in Salt Lake City on Friday. Redshirt sophomore Kaylee Mitchell earned first-team all-conference honors for her sixth-place finish, and fellow redshirt sophomore Grace Featherstonehaw earned second-team all-conference honors after finishing 14th. Colorado took the individual and team titles, earning 24 points as four Buffaloes finished in the top five. That's impressive. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Beavs will travel to Sacramento for the NCAA West Regional on November 12th. Then there's a little bit of a wrestling news. Mm, Bill, hey, Bill, you know, we haven't talked about this. How's what? Oregon's wrestling team doing this year? Oregon's wrestling team? Yeah. We haven't talked about them in like a couple of years. Um, let me look through my notes here. Oh, Beach? Yeah. Oregon cut their wrestling team. And they cut it for for what? Um, because they wanted to give more Northwest kids options at scholarships. So for they, what? So they started baseball. Oh, okay. And, and they recruit a bunch of kids out of Southern California. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oregon kids. And then, then how did they meet the Title IX requirement? Uh, they started... Oh, what the hell did they start? They started their tumbling, acrobatics and tumbling team. Is that still going on? I I don't know. <laughs> that was the big thing when we started this podcast like yeah, 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Oregon acrobatics and tumbling. Did they change the name of it? I don't know. I have no clue. No, they know. still have Oregon acrobatics and tumbling. Do you, get a, do you get a scholarship for that? I'm sure they probably do. Do you have to equalize scholarships for men and women? Um, you're supposed to, that's what kind of irritates me about this. I, I, when they, they, everything has to be equal numbers. I don't have a problem with that except for football. Because there's so many more people. on. Because you've got 80 some odd guys on athletic scholarship for football and it throws the numbers off. Yeah. And football, there's not, there's not a competitive, there's not a comparable sport. women's sport. No. Like if, if you've got, many if you've got baseball, you've got softball. You got mm-hmm. men's and women's soccer. You've got basketball on both sides. Most of those kind of even out, you know. Yeah. You might have a more one more here or there, but you can you pretty much even out. Yeah. But football throws cross, it off. Cross in the, country's, yeah, cross country is going to be the same. Yeah, but and, but um, it throws it off, and it for the most part, especially in Division One schools, football is the economic is it's the money engine that fun, helps yeah. fund everything else. So. Well, I mean, I was remembered even in high school. It is, you know. I yeah. mean, pe- people show up in droves to go to a high school football game. It's unless you're really, really good, it's hard to get them to show up at any other sports. Yeah. Um, unless you dominate. Yeah. So. But that's why the Beavs have uh, women's track and field and women's um, cross country. But not, but not men's. Correct. They have fielded some men's teams or some men's events. Um, remember a few years ago they had some men's um, relay teams because they had some really fast football players. Okay. So they'd field a couple events, but they didn't have a full-fledged team. All right, Beach, back to wrestling. 
Um, Team Black won the Oregon State Wrestling Team's annual exhibition, 28-9, Saturday Night at Guild. It's an exhibition, so we're not going to go into it much. But, Beach, the wrestling team will open the 2021-22 regular season by taking on Campbell and Lehigh this coming Saturday night at Gill. Where's Campbell and Lehigh at? Oh, you butthead. I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to be like, you should have known I was going to ask. Campbell University is in Buell's Creek, North Carolina. Okay. And somebody just messaged me. That was me. Was it? It was on, unless we both got messages. Yeah. Probably both did. Well, it was you. So you messaged me? No, no. Uh, the message came through to both of us. Lehigh University is a private university in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Huh. All the way from Pennsylvania. Oh, you know who interrupted us? Who? Kyle? Kyle. I hate you, Kyle. What did he say? In our podcast. He said he finally sent his picks. Oh, finally. <laughs> in the middle of recording. All right. Okie dokie. So that's that. Uh, we also have a little bit of women's basketball news. The Oregon State standout Taylor Jones has been named to the Katrina McLean Award preseason watch list for the second straight season. The Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame announced on Thursday. Named after the two-time All-American and 1987 National Player of the Year, the annual award is in its fifth year, and it recognizes the top power forwards in NCAA Division I college basketball. A national committee of top college basketball personnel determined the watch list of 20 candidates. Now, Jones was an all-Pac-12 honoree last season and was a Pac-12 defensive honorable mention for the second straight year. She averaged 12.3 points and a conference-leading 8.8 rebounds per game in the 2020-2021 season. She also, she also shot 55.6% from the floor, the second-best clip in the conference. Now, the Beavs are slated to begin the 2021-22 season on November 12th when Loyola Marymount visits Gill Coliseum. But the Beavs will host an exhibition game before that against Western Washington on November 6th, which is this coming Saturday. Mm. We need to go to a, a game this year or two. We can try. Yeah, let's let's try to do that. Okay. Uh, the maybe, or- maybe, maybe a Friday night game or something. Just let me know and I'll leave work we're, early. We have, to, we have to get tickets, though. Okay. We don't well, get a pass like we did in previous years? The passes don't cover uh, women's basketball anymore. Oh, because they're too good. Yeah. Start, yeah. Start, start selling seats better than giving it to free ride to people. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Beach. Uh, men's basketball, Oregon State Athletics, and its multimedia rights shareholder Learfield announced last week the launch of the trailer and the first episode for Get What You Earn, a five-part documentary providing fans an ultimate Alexis journey into the 2021-2022 Oregon State men's basketball program. Mm. So it's like a video documentary on YouTube. Okay. So it started last week. They did the trailer and then the first part. And by I don't know when the second part will come out. but S- Sounds intriguing. Yeah. And it's not the, – the episode wasn't super long. I want to say it was like eight or nine minutes maybe. Did, uh, did you see the news the other day uh, where Gary Payton is taking on a coaching job? Uh, yes, I did. Where was he coaching? Lincoln? Does that sound right? Lincoln University in Seattle. So hopefully I'd like to see him have success in his new career. Yeah. How long has he been retired now? Oh, heck. Well, he's 53. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
So I, I know he's older than me because I can remember him playing at Oregon State when I was in high school. Was that kind of the last, uh, the last hurrah of Oregon State? Yes. Before they started the, the dark times. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Who was his coach back then? Jimmy Anderson. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think he finished out under Jimmy Anderson. Let's see, he coached 89 to 95. So I think he would have coached Gary Payton in 89. Gary Payton. And did they just kind of struggle after that? Yeah, he was at Oregon State 86 to 90. So he coached him two years. And then after he left, they just kind of went downhill. Well, they had a, uh, they did okay. They weren't great. But really what happened is in the 91-92 season when Ernest Killam passed away on the road. He passed away, mm-hmm. and they had a hard time recovering from that, and then it was just downhill from there. Did, he had a medical – did his heart quit? Yeah, he had, a, he had a heart condition. Yeah, I thought – yeah, that was – god dang, it's hard to believe that that was that long ago now. I remember yep. that made – that was like national news when it happened, wasn't yep. it? Yep, I was a freshman in college. Yeah. So – um, one thing else I wanted to add to, um, I talked about that Learfield is the one, Learfield is the one that does the radio broadcast for the Beavs. Yes. Over here, Learfield Sports. Yeah, um, they're the ones that get Parker on there, because Parker and are all done by Learfield. Correct. Um, I was going to say, too, that if you ever want to listen to the Beaver games on streaming, and I just found this out myself, because it used to be you could do it on like TuneIn Radio, the mm-hmm. TuneIn Radio app, that, that they don't stream it anymore. It's now through the Varsity app. So it's called Varsity, and you can download it, and it's free. And you can look at Oregon State, and it has all the games streamed on there. It also has um, all the old streams that they've done this season are hmm. on there, so you can go back and listen. That's all right, Beach, cool. uh, we have a little bit of football news also to catch up from last week. Oregon State running back B.J. Baylor, tight end Luke Musgrave, and offensive lineman Noose Kayabunum were all recognized by the Pac-12 last week in their weekly awards. Baylor got the offensive player of the game or of the week. Musgrave got the special teams player of the week for his blocked punt in return, and Noose Kayabunum got the offensive lineman player of the week. So. Well, that block punt was definitely deserving. Yep, and so those got uh, came out after we recorded, so I figured I'd throw those out here. Also last week, B.J. Baylor was named an honorable mention selection for the weekly Earl Campbell Tyler Rose Award. Um, it was announced last week. It's the third time this season Baylor has been recognized by the organization. The first was on September 14th after the win over Hawaii, and the second one was October 5th after the Beavs defeated Washington. Hmm. Also last week, Beach. Oregon State's football's head coach, Jonathan Smith, was named one of 21 head coaches of the American Heart Association's 2021 Paul Bear Bryant Coach of the Year Award watch list. And deservingly so on that one. Yeah. He's he's really changed the demeanor of that team. I agree. Uh, you know, wins or losses, this team is playing like, you know, ever since he took over, you've seen a slow transition. Yeah. And I really feel like right now we're we're really, like I said, good, good, better, different. You're never going to win all your games. At least rarely are you ever going to win all your games. But the, this team has got more heart and more effort um, than than I think over our probably the last what ten years. Yeah, uh, probably eight or nine at least. Yeah, yeah. So, no, awesome. Okay.
Hey, hey, Billy. Yeah, me. Hold on here. Hear that? Hold on. Let's see what this bitch says. I think I usually hear it before you do. I think so. Hey. Hey. This just in. ESPN predicts Oregon versus Ohio State rematch in Rose Bowl game. ESPN, the Woke Sports Network, is predicting the Ducks and Buckeyes to win their respective conferences and play a second game this year, this time in Pasadena. While this news is running rampant through Eugene, no one else gives a shit because ESPN can't find their ass with two hands, a map, and an ass-finding machine. And this has been your Heiner Tailgater update from Eugene. There you go. So. (laughs) There you go. There, with two hands, a map, and an ass-finding machine. There you go. Is that kind of like a like a metal detector except for ass? <laughs> I think so. I think so. <laughs> oh, ESPN's a mess. I, you know, it's it's like they just make headlines. It's you know, they're, they're you should almost call them CNN. You know, it should be like a division of. <laughs> so you know, like one of these things. So you know, one thing about Sports Center was always just. It was apolitical, right? Yes, it was just sports yes. center. I don't, I don't need politics with my sports. Nope. I just want sports. Nope. It's my get away from everything yep. else that just, yep. just sports. Anyways, they're trying to make everything so you know, we want to make everything equitable, and so they've made their stupid, you know, their top ten plays of the day. They, okay. they, they always have to have. It's always got to be diverse and representation. And so, like the other day. They showed something. It was it was a couple weeks ago, and it was WNBA, and mm-hmm. the the gal stole it. And there was a breakaway, and she laid it up. It was nothing. And I'm it was, like, it was a, it was a big nothing sandwich. Yeah, I'm like, what was that? I, I it was a routine play. You stole the ball, dribbled down, you laid it in. It was great. I just don't, uh, you know, me, I want to see something kind of spectacular. Yeah, if it's going to be the play of the game, it it, it needs to to get Chubb going on. Yeah, it needs to be a goddamn good play where there's, you know, extreme effort or something. And it was just, I'm just looking and going like, really? This is what we've come to. Anyways. Yeah, I was going through, before uh, we started this tonight, I was I watched Gallagher, special of Gallagher on Prime right now. So I took myself back to 1985 and watched the Sledgematic. Uh, but but I'm sitting there, and there was Halloween movies listed on, on Netflix, right? Or on Prime is what I was watching. It was Prime. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just Halloween movies. It's Halloween movies with an Asian lead. Or it was like horror movies. Horror movies with a black lead. Horror movies with Hispanic lead. I'm like, or Latino, I think it said. Maybe it's Latinx, I have no idea. And I'm like, what? I just want to watch a movie. Yeah. You're like, don't care. How about a Halloween movie that doesn't suck with whatever kind of lead? I don't care. That's kind of what I wanted. It's like, I'd rather have those things go off and say, these movies don't suck. Because it's like 90% of the movies on there do suck. So Mm. it's like, rather than filtering me out, what color the lead is, I'd rather you just filter out the crap. Exactly. So, anyway. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. All right, anyway, Beach. Well, are you ready to go under further review for week number nine in the Pac-12? After further review, the runner did cross the line. 
touchdown. Absolutely. All right. Heading into the week, Beach. You were running away with it at 38 out of 50. I was at 31 out of 50. And Kyle, I hate you, Kyle, was at 29 out of 50. We had five games that we picked. And you were over at the house watching most of the games with me, or at least the later games. Yeah, yeah. So first up, we had Washington State at Arizona State. We, and you know, and we... All picked the same teams this week. Yeah, correct? I didn't. I didn't realize that till yesterday, till I looked at it yesterday. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. We're not going to change who's in the lead, but no. let's go ahead and go. So Wazoo versus Arizona State. We all picked Arizona State on that one. I think we bit the big one, didn't we? Yeah. Washington State quarterback Jaden Delora accounted for three TDs, and Washington State forced five turnovers in a 31 to 20. Excuse me, in a 34 to 21 win over Arizona State on Saturday. The Cougs one of the nation's best at creating takeaways, were at their ball-hawking best in the first half, forcing four turnovers. Washington State's offense capitalized, scoring 24 points after Arizona State turnovers for its first win since Coach Nick Rolovich was fired for not complying with the state's vaccine mandate. Now, the Sun Devils got off to an abysmal start coming off a bye week, turning it over on their opening three drives, including twice in the first three plays. Jaden Daniels threw two interceptions. Are you kidding me? Nope. And Jaden Daniels threw two interceptions, and Arizona State lost three fumbles to suffer a second straight lackluster defeat that had fans inside Sun Devil Stadium booing throughout. But you're you're never going to win with that many turnovers. No. No. And when you turn the ball over twice in three plays, that's just not good. No, not good at all. And which tells me that's deep in your own territory, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So none of us got the win there. So that game something, something game really surprised we're, Something me. we're going to talk about again here shortly. Correct. That one really surprised me. All right, Beach, up next, Colorado at Oregon. And uh, we all, even though we hate them, despise them, loathe them, we picked the Ducks. Correct. Oregon quarterback Anthony Brown Jr. threw for a career-high 307 yards and three TDs, and number seven Oregon had a season-high 568 yards of offense in a 52-29 victory over Colorado on Saturday. Travis Dye ran for two touchdowns and caught a scoring pass to help Oregon extend its winning streak at Autzen Stadium to 17 games. Brendan Lewis threw for 224 yards and three TDs for the Buffaloes. Brendan Rice, the son of former San Francisco 49er great Jerry Rice, had 102 yards receiving and a TD for the Buffaloes. Colorado scored a pair of touchdowns in the fourth quarter to close the gap to 45-29, but the Ducks ended it on freshman Seven McGee's one-yard touchdown run with 50 seconds left. They uh, they scored a lot of points on the Ducks. Yeah, they did. Especially last week when they only scored, what, six? Or yeah, three? They, they, haven't been, they haven't been known for their offense this year, have no, they? No, no, not at all. So either their offense improved greatly or the Ducks' uh, defense sucked. Beach, it all changes from week to week. Oh, that's true. That's true. It all changes. All right, so we all got the win there. Up next, Arizona at USC. We all picked uh, the, the men of Troy on this one. How'd that one turn out? Well, Beach, USC uh, wide receiver Drake London caught nine passes for 81 yards and two scores before leaving with a serious right ankle injury late in the first half, dampening USC's 41-34 to victory over winless Arizona on Saturday night. 
Keontae Ingram rushed for a career high 204 yards and a touchdown, and Gary Brandt Jr. caught two TD passes as the Trojans snapped their three-game home losing streak. They also extended the Wildcats' epic skid to 20 games, the longest active slide in football bowl subdivision, and the longest in Pac-12 history. Wow. Um, is that injury, uh, do we got an update on it? How bad? It looked season-ending. Really? Yeah. It didn't look good. Anthony Pandy returned an interception 37 yards for a TD on a pass by Slovis early in the second half for Arizona, which lost to USC for the ninth straight time, despite a strong rally from a 21-point halftime deficit. For Arizona, Will Plummer passed for 264 yards and rushed for a 16-yard TD with 12.50 to play. And then Arizona hit two field goals later in the fourth quarter, but Kalen Bullock recovered an onside kick with 120 left to seal USC's win. So Arizona was trying to get a win there desperately but just couldn't finish it off. Poor bastards. Yeah. So, yeah, that injury to London looked serious. London was the one that was tearing the beeves up. Remember mm-hmm. it was getting all, oh, the, yeah. all the all the penalties called? Yeah. When, what happened was he was in the end zone and the guy was tackling him, and his uh, London's foot kind of got pinned underneath as the guy was coming down, and it Ooh. just it looked bad on his ankle. He was in a Ooh. boot. He was in a boot when they took him off. They had to. They had to haul him off on a on a uh, cart, so it was bad. Hmm. So, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, "Oop, his ankle's done." Wow. And someone that's messed Stop. up his ankles pretty hard, I kind of know what that feels like. All right. Yeah. Next up, Beach, we had UCLA at Utah. And uh, we all hate bitch tits, and we were rooting Utah on this week. Well, Beach, Utah running back Tavian Thomas rushed for a career-high 160 yards and a school record tying four touchdowns to power Utah to a 44-24 win Saturday night as the school retired the number 22 in the honor of the untimely deaths of Ty Jordan Aaron Lowe. Quarterback Cam Rising threw for 179 yards and a TD and ran for another score to run Utah's winning streak against the Bruins to five. Now for UCLA, freshman Ethan Garbers, younger brother of Cal quarterback Chase Garbers, threw for 265 yards and two TDs on 27 for 44 passing with an interception for UCLA. He made his first career start in place of Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who was injured on the Bruins' final possession of last week's loss to Oregon. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, and uh, the cool thing, too, um, I don't know if anyone, everyone saw this, but all of the home Pac-12 schools this last weekend painted the hash mark on the 22-yard line red, Utah red, to honor um, the two fallen players, uh, Ty Jordan and Aaron Lowe, for Utah. And they did it without Utah's knowledge. This is something they just all agreed to. Something they all agreed to, and, and they did it. And just to say we're thinking about you. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah. Um UCLA just didn't look great, um, and Utah really had it going. You think uh, UCLA kind of hit their peak and they're on their trending downward now? Well, I think having a freshman run that offense is tough, and you didn't have Thompson Robinson in there who brings another dimension to that. Gotcha. So, all right, Beads, last up for the games that we so, picked. What were we going to so, say? So, so real quick, is Utah leading still leading the Southern? Um, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that here after we oh. talk these last two. Uh, Okay. Last two games. How's that sound? Next okay. up, Washington versus Stanford. Washington at Stanford. And I think we might have picked this one wrong, but we all picked Stanford. 
Correct. How'd that go? Well, Beach, Washington quarterback Dylan Morris threw a 20-yard touchdown pass to Jalen McMillan with 21 seconds remaining, lifting Washington past Stanford 20-13 to on Saturday night. Sean McGrew ran for 114 yards on 19 carries to pace Washington's best game of the year running the ball. Cameron Davis added 99 yards on 18 attempts to help the Huskies pile up a season-high 229 yards on the ground. Now, Stanford has lost three straight since knocking off then number three, Oregon. The Cardinal trailed most of the game before scoring 10 points in the fourth quarter to take a brief lead. Quarterback Tanner McKee scored a one-yard dive, and Joshua Cardi picked up a 43-yard field goal that put Stanford up 13-12. to hmm. Well, if you're going to have to have only one win, I'd want it to be Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> This is true. Yeah. This is true. <laughs> so, Beach, uh, we all picked up three out of there's, five there's, this week. During the Pettibone years, that, that made a couple of seasons yeah, no there. So we all picked three <laughs> out of five. Um, so after this week, Kyle is at 32 out of 55. I'm at 34 out of 55. And you're at 41 out of 55. Awesome. But we still have one game to talk about. Oregon State at Cal. Disappointing. Disappointing. Well, Beach, Cal quarterback Chase Garbers threw one of his three TD passes, one play after a partially blocked punt, and the Golden Bears beat Oregon State 39-25 to on Saturday. The biggest plays came in the closing seconds of the third quarter with Cal leading by seven points. Chance Nolan couldn't connect with Trevon Bradford on a third down pass, and the Beef sent out Luke Losher to punt. Cal's Nick Alfton uh, got a piece of the kick, and it went out of bounds one yard past the line of scrimmage. Garbers then went deep and connected on a 38-yard TD pass to Trevin Clark to make it 31-17 on the final play of the third quarter. Now, Beach, the Bees lost for the second time in three games and fell a game behind rival Oregon in the Pac-12 North. Now, Oregon State did try to make a comeback, cutting it to 31-25 on a 46-yard TD pass from Chance Nolan to Trevin Bradford, followed by a two-point conversion. But the Golden Bears answered on Garbers' second TD pass of the game to Christopher Brooks, followed by a two-point conversion of their own, and they held on for the win. And really, Beach, that game was just, I mean, it was bad for the Bees from the start. The very first play from scrimmage, uh, B.J. Baylor got stopped for a loss, and when he was getting tackled, the other guy ripped the ball out. Yeah, I know. And, and then Cal went down and scored, and it was the Bees, were, and they never looked back. No. The Bees were playing catch-up from the first, basically the first play of the game. You, you turn the ball over three times and have a punt blocked. It's damn hard to win a game. Yeah, and then the the last the the whole second half, it felt like every time we got got a score, they would just uh, respond. They would respond. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, uh, it was frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, Beavs couldn't get the stops when they need them, and and they shot themselves and, and in the foot. We had a couple the the block punt, a uh, couple of bad turnovers. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but we still control our own destiny. We're still only one game away from bowl eligibility. Well, yes, true. Uh, that's what people kept asking me. Oh, do you think the Beavs are going to go bowl game? I'm like, I just win one more game. Get six wins. Yeah. That, that's the big thing. Get six wins. So, all right, Beach. So I am looking right now at the standings for the Pac-12. We'll look at the South first. Utah's okay. leading. 
Um, and the only thing that matters for the conference is the conference record, not mm-hmm. the overall record. So the overall okay. can, can the overall record can come into play if there's a tie situation, but it starts out with just the conference record. So and 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 it, and it goes con. And if there is a tie, then it goes by win over the other team, correct? Correct. The head-to-head matchup. So uh, right now, Utah's in the lead at four and one. Arizona State's at three and two. UCLA and USC are at three and three. Colorado's one and four. Arizona's zero and five. Okay. And then in the north, Oregon is leading at four and one. Washington State is in second place at four and two. Oregon State and Washington are in third place at three and two, although the Beavs have the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. Cal is at two and three, and Stanford's at two and four. So you said the Bees control their own destiny. That's not completely true. Because Washington, Washington State States. only has two losses, and they gotcha. beat the Bees. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. We control our own destiny when it comes to all teams other than Washington State. Correct. Okay. Gotcha. Correct. But um, right now, they just the Bees just need to, to get that sixth win. So, and that win will come hopefully this week against Colorado. Hopefully. So, Are you there's still a lot. There's still a lot of good things out there, but you know, you, you gotta win. Uh, no, I'm not. I'd like to go see Kyle actually hang out with him, but I just I can't. <laughs> okay. I can't. So. But yeah, it was just it was a frustrating game. I, we couldn't really get the run game going. Cal's, no. Cal's the best run defense the Beavs have faced. They, they they play you know and and you and I talked about this after the game. I mean the better team won that game. Yeah. Cal by far played a better game. Yeah. I I don't know. You know, there's always debate whether they're the better team, but on last Saturday, they were definitely the better team. They Correct. they played a better game. Uh, Oregon State couldn't get their crap together, or we couldn't get our crap together. We made a lot of errors, and and uh, and Cal deserved the win. Yep. And like I said, turnovers and block punts, you're not going to win a game. No. It's damn no. hard to win a game when you're playing a quality opponent and you do those kind of things. So. Yeah. All right, Beads, let's talk about the Pac-12 in the polls. It's pretty bleak when it comes to the Pac-12. And the AP <laughs> poll, the of each other. <laughs> yeah, and the AP poll, Oregon came in at seven, and they stayed there. And the only mm-hmm. other one is Utah, who's in the others receiving votes category. In the USA Today coaches poll, Oregon moved up to a spot to number seven, and Utah's in the other receiving votes category, and so is Oregon or Arizona State. And I want to know what dumbass gave Arizona State a vote. I don't like know. they got shellacked by Utah. Why would you give mm. them a vote? Maybe pity on the Pac-12. I guess. Anyways, so that's where we stand with that. All right, Beach, it is now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week award. Every week, like discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship leadership or just being a fan and actually this week beach we're not doing college mm-hmm. football oh what are we doing we're not doing pro football doing high school football it's high school football oh my god okay was there a riot no there wasn't a riot fight a shooting no and no okay 
Well, Beach, a California high school football team drew scrutiny on Friday night after dropping 106 points on their opponent while their quarterback threw 13 touchdown passes. Their quarterback, right? I didn't say backs, their quarterback. So they never put in the second string. Inglewood High School beat Inglewood Morningside 106 to nothing with quarterback Justin Martin starring in the win. The school also went for a two-point conversion while up 104 to nothing. Now, Martin, who recently committed to UCLA, set the state record for the most touchdown passes in the game with his incredible performance. But the school took some heat for running up the score. Now, Inglewood Morningside coach Brian Collins ripped the school. He said, quote, it was a classless move. I told them, go play St. John Bosco and Mater Day, he told the Los Angeles Times, referring to some of the top high school football teams in California. Now, according to Max Preps, Martin was just two touchdowns short of tying the national high school record of 15 touchdown passes set by Arthur Smith of Nebraska in 1921. How does it matter when you are just beating up a bitch opponent, though? No, I completely agree. Now, Coach Collins added that the officials asked Inglewood if they would run the clock from the get-go, and they refused the request. He also said he was surprised Martin played as much as he did after recently announcing his commitment to the Bruins. I was going to say, he's kind of done at yeah. this point if he's already committed. Yep. It's not like he's trying to make a, a highlight film to, to sell to potential colleges. Correct. If he's already if he's already committed, then why did you need to do this? And second thing, you know, the, the, the whole Johnny be good. You know, hey, coach, I broke my dick. Pull me out. Yeah, I want the other guy to go you in. Know? I want the backup guy to go in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, um, the Inglewood coach has not responded to any of the criticisms. And Inglewood is one of the best teams in the state, finishing 8-0 during the regular season with the Southern Section Division II playoffs uh, coming up next on their schedule. And obviously, that doesn't take it doesn't take me to explain a lot. That's just bullshit. Well, again, you know, I always remember, I think it was Riley or somebody said, it's not their job to stop scoring. It's my job to stop them from scoring. But you also... For, for safety's sake, for your players, your, your top players, for the sake of experience for the other players, put your second string, your third string in. Exactly. You know, it, 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 that that's they want to play, too. And 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 again, you know, like I've, I've said this before, beating up on the doesn't make you feel good. Yeah. You know, and that's all you're doing at that point. Yeah. It, it's it's absolutely. Ooh, yeah, I mean, you look from being good to just being a, a dick. An ass, yeah. Uh, and a bully, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I mean, and, yeah, I, I wonder how many people were left in the stands by the fourth quarter. I don't know. But anyways, Inglewood High School. Inglewood uh, always up to no good. Pretty much. Inglewood High School, you get this week's. <laughs> jackass of the week yeah i just i heard about that i'm like oh, okay that one's easy yeah easy that's, call that's, yeah all right you know, I, I remember i remember there was when i was a senior uh there's a couple of uh games where where glencoe got up and they were able to put the second and third string in mm-hmm. and we had a couple players out there that never got any playing time right mm-hmm. they they were even told you know when when uh 
when they were making cuts because Coach Rooker had a policy never cut a senior, right? Mm-hmm. And and these were seniors, but Coach sat down and said, hey, you know, we're probably not going to give you any play in time this year. So just want to be up front with you. You know, if you want to be on the team, I won't cut you, but you're not going to play much. And and I still remember, um, oh, dang, I can't think of his name, one of the guys I went to high school with. I remember he, he finally got some play in time. He's on the line. And not only did he play in time on the line, he was on defense, and he blocked a pass oh, really? on the line. Oh, and I mean, you could not have – he was so ecstatic that whole game. I remember riding the bus back, and I, he was just on cloud nine because not only did he get a play, but he knocked down that pass. Yeah. And, and, and again, I, I, you know, that moment for him, that was probably the highlight of his high school football career. And what a great highlight to have in his mind, yeah. you know. And dickheads like Inglewood here took away that from some of their players because even when they're up by over 100 points, yeah. they didn't get put in. Well, and they've got seven guys on that team going to two Division One schools. Wow. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a loaded team. Yeah. But, all right, Beach. It is now time for the musical interlude of the week, and it is my pick. Who are you gonna pick, Billy? Well, Beach. So I, I've been. I was like, <laughs> wow. What? Where am I gonna go? Because some of our other musical uh, things that we've done have actually kind of mm-hmm. drained a lot of the music that I like that came out in 1991. Because mm-hmm. we've done Van Halen, they had to put an album yeah. out in 91. Metallica yeah. put an album out in 91. Guns N' Roses mm-hmm. put out two albums in 91. Th- that's kind of, I've been staying away from those because we already did. Because we already did like so many I, of them. Yeah, I don't want to rehash it. So I was looking, and this is an, an album, but I, I don't own the album, but I really like this song. And it's okay. and it's and it's a song that probably a lot of people don't know. Okay. And it's uh by the band Dire Straits. Ooh, I love Dire Straits. And the album is On Every Street. Now, On Every Street was released more than 6 years after the band's previous album, Brothers in Arms, and it was Dire Straits' final studio album. Um after their subsequent tour, they disbanded and Mark Knopfler uh went solo the lead guitarist and lead singer. Now the album reached number 12 in the United States and number one in the United Kingdom, as well as numerous European countries. Now the song we're going to talk about is the song heavy fuel. I don't even know if I know this song. Um, The song was released as a single and reached number one on the billboard mainstream rock charts in the U S making it the band's second song to do so. The other being money for nothing. I, I, money for nothing is the is the classic. Yeah. Well, they also have Sultans of Swing, and mm-hmm. that wasn't a number one, but it was still a good song. Now, yeah, it's not bad. Um, the song "Heavy Fuel." Mark Knopfler ironically extols the virtues of such vices as cigarettes, hamburgers, scotch, lust, money, and violence. I love this man. Yeah. Now the phrase "You got to run on heavy fuel" is from the novel Money. A Suicide Note by Martin Amis, on which Knopfler based his lyric. Now, the novel is based on Amis's experience as a scriptwriter on the feature film Saturn 3, which was a Kirk Douglas movie. Okay. So that's where the, 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 the line comes from. You got to run on a heavy fuel. Mm-hmm. So with that, here is Heavy Fuel by Dire Straits.
Two, six hamburgers and scotch all night. Nicotine for breakfast just to put me right. Cause if you want one cool, if you want one cool, if you want one cool, you got to run on heavy, heavy fuel.
I just remember listening to that driving around all the time, Beach. Yeah, it's not bad. I, I kind of enjoyed it. I like it. I like it. And like I said, it's a little more somber. It's your normal kind of dire straight song where even though it's mm-hmm. upbeat, it's still a little somber. But I just like it. And it's one of their longer songs, too. So, all righty, let's move on to our week 10 preview. I've got Kyle's email here. I've got my thing laid out. And we will do our picks. First up, we have one game on Friday, November 6th, Utah at Stanford. Kyle's going to pick first. He says, smart guys figure away, Stanford. Hold on just a sec. Got to write this down. I'm taking Utah. I'm going to be with you. I'm taking Utah. Okay. Stanford's just not very good against the run. I think Utah will run the ball over. They're, well, they're just, you know, maybe they'll correct, but they're sure struggling right now. Yep. Next up, Beach, uh, all the rest of the games are on Saturday, November 7th. First up, Cal at Arizona. You know, if Cal loses to Arizona, that makes me feel real crappy. So I'm going to go with Cal. Cal. Kyle says, bear down on a winless season. Cal. I'm going to take Cal, too. Okay. Next up, Oregon at Washington. Son of a bitch, I'm going with Washington. Really? Yeah. Kyle says, I don't know why, but I... Those ducks. I'm sorry. (laughs) Kyle says, I don't know why, but I need to pick the Huskies. Thank you, Kyle. I'm going to take Oregon. Oh, you would, you bitch. Well, I kind of want to take Arizona in that game before it, just because I need to make some ground up on you, and I'm getting desperate here. Well, here's the thing. Washington has a will to win. Now, whether they have the talent to win, I don't know. But I think they have the will to win. Arizona, I don't think, has the will to win. They, Um, They played a lot better this week. Did they? Yes. Or Washington, Arizona. Arizona at USC. Okay. I just, you got Washington at home. They hate those bastards in green or black or silver or whatever color they choose to wear that week. But blue. I, yeah, I just think, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking they're going to bring their A game. And I don't think Oregon has an A game this year. Okay. So I think Oregon has been lucky enough to win every game this year. They're, they're so far most of their games this year. All right. So anyway, that's what I'm thinking. Up All right. next, All right. USC at Arizona State. Damn it. Who cares? It's in the Southern Division. Um, what's Kyle say? You pick first. Ooh. Uh, oh. ASU. Kyle says, Trojans bust in the desert, ASU. Is that Was that a sexual joke by Kyle? I believe it was. Okay. Just I'm going to take sure. USC just because, again, I need to make some ground up on you. So there you go. Okay. All right, Beach. There's for that week. All right. And last up, we have the Oregon State at Colorado game. Kyle says, and Benny is better than Chip. Beavers win. You know, there's still a lot of people in this world that that uh, burn dung for fuel. Yeah. Or eat. Yeah. yeah. Just, <laughs> just saying. Yeah. So, big fan of fossil fuels over here. Yeah. I don't really want to be burning dung. 
Um, yeah, I'm going with OSU, even though we're not even scoring that one. Yep. I, I, I think the Beaks have a good shot. They need to. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, hoping... So, and Kyle's at that game, correct? Okay, Kyle's going. Okay, Kyle, I want some pictures from the, from the stands. Yeah. Where your seat is at. Yeah, I think that sounds good. Yeah, well, probably be the only guy there. Well, they're probably going to be. Is he going to be with the Oregon State section, or is he going to be like in the regular group, like in the rest of the in the rest of the stands? Do we know? I think he's going to be up in the. I don't know where he's sitting. Okay, Kyle, you got to let us know so we can pick you out on the TV. So, I'm going to have to try to find out where to watch this thing. I'm going to be in Florida when this game's going on. Yeah. You're going to have to listen to it on the Varsity app. Yes, I'm going to have to download this Varsity app that you talked about. So that that has the Parker broadcast then? Yes. Okay. Just if you go to the App Store, uh, put in vars- uh, Varsity, and it'll come up. Gotcha. Okay, just, just I search will do it. State. All right, Beach. So are you going to uh, avail us with a – oh, yeah, it's the Benny Hanna girl tonight. The Benny – okay, so the Benny Hanna girl. Yes. Okay. So this, you know, most of these dates I'll go back because I haven't had a good date in like about 15 years. So most of these go back about 15 years ago. So this one is Benny Hanna girl. Okay. So the story goes, I was probably on some really pathetic dating app site at the time. And I end up chatting, texting back and forth with this gal. Never talked to her on the phone before this moment. Okay. And I think I was packing to go to Vegas the next day because I was going to a lot of Vegas meetings at that time. And so I'm sitting at home and my, my phone rings or maybe we're texting back and forth. I have no idea, but she calls me up and you ever regret something right after it happens, but you think nobody can be that, that. Okay. So, so she calls me up and she says, hi, I said, hi. And, and she's like, have you done dinner yet? I said, no, I was probably just going to go grab something at the drive through. I said, I'm packing to go to Vegas. But I said, do you want to meet for dinner or something? And and she's like, sure. And I said, okay, what, what sounds good to you? I mean, I go out to eat all the time, like literally every meal. So I much prefer when somebody gives me an idea of where to go as opposed to me making a decision because I pick the same crap over and over again. And sometimes it's nice to get out of your rut. So I said, what sounds good to you? And she goes, so that depends. And I said, well, what does it depend on? Now, again, real big red flag here. But I was desperate. Hadn't had a date. Just bad decision-making is all I can say. <laughs> she says, and, I, and I, I crap you not, she says, well, what can you afford? Wow. Yes. And I'm thinking maybe that didn't come out the way I thought it came out. Like yeah. maybe, you know, but no, it was, it was okay. And I'm like, it really doesn't matter what I can afford. I mean, I'm as easy going for, I mean, I get just as excited about going to taco time as I do about going to, you know, Portland city grill, which will come up a little bit later in the story. So, so anyway, so I'm like, well, what do you want? I said, you know, I really don't care. You, you tell me what sounds good. She goes, well, I'd like Benihana. I'm like, okay, then fine. I've been to Benihana in like a year or two. I'll go to Benihana's with you. So we decided to meet at Benihana's. So I drive over there, and I think I got there first. I'm waiting for her to come. Okay, so she was an Asian gal. Not skinny, but not heavy, but huge on top, okay? 
she's wearing this yellow. I mean, I can vividly picture this. She's wearing this yellow sundress. I'm sitting in the waiting area, which isn't very big at the Benny Hanna's in Beaverton. And she comes walking in. Her boobs are falling out of this thing. Okay. Right. I mean, just, just, and I mean, you know, if I was, you know, I'm not, I'm not anti-boob. I'm a big fan of the boob. Right. Yeah. But if I'm taking a girl out, I'm embarrassed about going out with a girl who's like falling out of her dress. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Th- that's just, that's just me. Maybe other guys like it when well, their date has well, all their, their flesh and stuff hanging out there, but it's not my thing. Well, there's something showing a little bit of cleavage. Y- yes. There, then, there's, there's, and then there's there, the whole boob hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. It, it goes from being tasteful, sexy to whorish. Yeah. And, and we were definitely whorish here. And, and so anyway, so I made her, we get seated down at the, the, the thing. And, um, I, I order, um, I order a Coke. She orders some fancy ass drink, probably two, maybe three. She orders the appetizer of California roll. And then guess what she orders for dinner? What? Steak and lobster. Now, again, if you want the steak and lobster, that's fine. Or did you order? Cause it was the most expensive thing on the menu. Yeah. I mean, and, and so then this conversation goes with this gal. I've never told you the story. Have I Billy? No. Yeah. I, I've got so many stories. I, yeah. I, <laughs> so I, so I'm sitting there and she's telling me about how she's this, this poor little Asian girl growing up and she never got any respect and blah, 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 blah. And how this and that, and she's a victim, you know? And I'm like, you know, I really don't give a shit at this point. You know, you freaking get the steak and lobster, shut the hell up. And so then, so then she's telling me how, you know, she knew she arrived because she's a regular at the Portland City Grill, and they even have a table set up for her. And I'm like, yeah, because you get all these dumb sons of bitches to buy a f- drinks like I am, you know? And so <laughs> I didn't tell her that, but I'm sitting there thinking, and she's like, this is when she knew she arrived. Now, let me tell you when I knew I arrived, okay? So at this point in time, I was working at DSU. Dad and I would carpool oftentimes together, probably two or three times out of the week, right? Mm-hmm. We'd go through the McDonald's every morning out at North Plains, or what we affectionately call BFE. And you know how I knew I arrived, Billy? I knew I arrived when a minimum wage person who worked at the window at the McDonald's at the drive-thru, when she would see our vehicle pull up and she would populate the order before we got to the speaker. <laughs> Two sausage McMuffins, a large Coke, and a coffee has his own cup. Mm-hmm. And it would populate before we got to the speaker. And she would just say, pull forward, and we would pull forward. That's when I knew I arrived, that a minimum wage person gave a damn about me going through the McDonald's every morning for breakfast, okay? Now, this woman had to go to a fancy-ass restaurant on, what, the 30th floor of the Big Pink Building in downtown Portland and sucker a bunch of poor bastards to throw money down at drinks for her for her to arrive. Now, what's more impressive? These bunch of hoity-toity bastards that are all sitting, sitting there waiting for a hot chick to come in to get people to spend money? Or the fact that you're right because some gal at the McDonald's appreciates you for coming in every morning. So anyway, needless to say, it was a very awkward, uncomfortable date. But it was still better. Uh, yeah, and then we said our goodbyes and never saw her again. But it was still better than my date at the uh, Matador that I had a few. I think it was a few years later. Few years later, a date with a gal at the Matador, and that will be my next week's date. The Matador. The Matador. All right. That was that was that actually that date right there, the Matador date, changed my policy on dating. It was so that, that was her, good, huh? 
Well, I create policies. So when you when you find something that doesn't work, you change your policy. So it changed my whole policy on dating. So good, bad, or indifference, it 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 was a factor. All right. Well, we look so. forward to the Matador story. As opposed to the big boob Asian who the big boob the, Asian uh, Portland City Grill. Story, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, it was oh my god I, I mean it was it was bad I, I was just like oh my god they're gonna fall out and everybody there was nobody's eyes that were looking at her eyes right they yeah. were all down there so yeah. well, it's like you got if cleavage just like the sun you just you know get a sense of it, and look, away. it and look away yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all righty okay all right, well Mitch, there we go Billy. you got anything else to add before we wrap up show number 169 of illegal participation you know, I just hope, pray that we get our sixth win this Saturday, that those dung burning sons of bitches in Colorado just <laughs> take a loss for us. And, and, uh, and, uh, and other than that, uh, I look forward to uh, doing our, our next podcast from me in Florida. Yeah, we're going to figure out the time on that one. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 169 of Illegal Participation. Remember, if you want to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter, or HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Remember, listen, subscribe, leave a rating review, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and the other podcasts. Podcatcher. Beach. Billy. Have fun in Disney World. Yes, I take off on Friday. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Enjoy. All right, thanks. And hopefully we get a big win over the Buffaloes in Colorado. Kyle, you better not ruin it for us. Yeah, I know. Kyle's, hasn't Kyle ruined it for the last couple of games that he's gone to? Jess is blaming these losses on me because each of the games they've lost, I haven't been there. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's fine. But until next week, here's a great big go Beavers. like we're recording shit again let me turn this off what was that shit again what about shit why do we do this shit again i don't know for our listener for our listener for our listener god dang i hope they know how much we sacrifice for them i hear i hear disneyland's really understaffed they all are people Mm -hmm. keep complaining why there aren't the trams aren't back yet and i'm like because they don't have people and would you rather have people staffing a restaurant or staffing a tram? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pure, so. pure and neat, you know, pure and simple. Yeah, yeah. They're all understaffed. Yeah, I don't mind the walk. You can let you burn off for the next churro. Yeah, but, you know, we're not like most people. Yeah, true, true. Because, you know, we'd walk, 
The boys would walk. Jess would walk. That's cool. So I, I don't care. I'm just excited to go and have somebody else to ride on the rides with me instead of going alone and riding with a dude that looks like Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, no doubt. So. It's funny. So I've got pictures of, of the boys and I on Rock and Roller Coaster, and we mm-hmm. literally did it back to back. And mm-hmm. I always rode in the back and had a rando beside me. Uh-huh. And I always sat on the right, put the rando on the left because I know the picture's on the right. But I swear uh-huh. to God, if you look at the two pictures, uh-huh. it looks like the exact same picture except for the rando. Really? Oh, because we've all got the same poses. Our hands are almost in the exact same place. It's hilarious. That's awesome. I'll, I'll show it to you. But, yeah, it's it's hilarious. All right, you got your parts? Uh, I only have one, don't I? Uh, are you going to do a uh, tales oh, from the, uh, Oh yeah. I don't write that. I just, I go by memory. Okay. So we'll throw one of those in there. Yeah. No, I have my memory. Yeah. I, I, I have a date all the, the Benny Hanna date. Okay. Oh, hold that's on. right. I hope let me write down a quick note here. So, Oh yeah, that's what it was. What was that called? The, uh, Son of a bitch. What was it called? A matador. There we go. Okay. All righty. I'm good. All right. Yeah, I've got an update from Eugene, and I will I will tell the story of my my Benny Hanna day. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> I like beer. <laughs> <laughs> 